Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guest night's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available to download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you got an extra buck or two, if you wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, considering helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating interview on iTunes, and or tell a friend or two. Happy thought of the day is by Alice Cooper. Mistakes are part of the game. It's how well you recover from them that's the mark of a great player. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 248. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the BDL Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on a stormy morning here at my home in St. Paul, Minnesota. I cracked the wood boards on the body of my acoustic Takamini guitar this weekend. Was rocking out, playing percussion on it, hit a little too hard. Hoping that Dr. Jim from Guitar Center can fix it, and also that buddy Uncle Nick has one I can borrow for the week. Last week's gigs wrap up. Wednesday played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Hot night out in the patio, but very glad to be back. Thursday played a duo show at BDL Club in St. Paul slash Roseville, Minnesota. Dodged the storms into the blues rocker set that got even Ed Lowry and all the locals dancing. Friday played a solo show at Volstead in Egan, Minnesota. Great to work with Brian again, and thanks to Nezzy for getting the crowd all riled up. Saturday, Brian K. Johnson and myself rocked out at Eagle Lounge in Fox Creek, Wisconsin. Lots of familiar Poco faces out and about. Thanks for Jimmy for bringing down the house with some Mustang sound. Sunday, we did another duo show at Apple River Hideaway in Somerset, Wisconsin. Happy birthday to our old friends, Mike and Joe Cappers. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Thursday, July 16th, I'll be playing a solo show at Bistro 63 in Baronet, Wisconsin from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Friday, July 17th, I'm hoping to join this week's podcast guest, Dave Wagoner at Eagle Lounge. Saturday, July 18th, I have a private graduation gig. Then I'll be playing a duo show at Vanelli's in Forest Lake, Minnesota from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Sunday, July 19th, Jason Sargent of the band County Line will be joining me rocking out at the Mix Up in Amory, Wisconsin from 2 to 5 p.m. Guest this week. It's part two of two with lead singer of the iconic classic blues rock band Crow, David Wagoner. We talk touring with Crow, tracking the hit song Evil Woman, Black Sabbath covering their song, and more. Enjoy the conversation. So 
So when you start a band like this and you are on motorcycles, it kind of reminds me of like the Wild Bunch yeah. or the, the uh, Wild One, Marlon Brando. That's mine, you know, take it off. Don't do that. throwback movie was that like your image and style you were going did you guys consciously project that kind of biker rock feel i think so i i think we 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 all kind of liked that a little harder sound and stuff without we weren't you know i um it was just hard rock to us you know and, and, and although if you'll like if you listen to a couple of the other um uh, crow albums and stuff you hear even in them, there's a couple of tunes that I do that country tunes. You know, we have one original country tune, and and uh, another one that I I did later on. Uh, so you can even hear that, even in back in those days, and stuff. But we did, you know, Larry, I, Larry, and you know, we all wrote um, some of the lyrics, and and some of us, the whole band wrote. You know, or Larry, Larry come up with uh, uh, Larry and Dick came up with a lot of times. They came up with the music end and. And you know and stuff, but we all we all tried to write as much as possible back then. And record label kept turning it down. And no, no, we don't. That's not commercial. That's not this. That's not that. And, <laughs> Do you remember some of your first shows? As as far as as Crow, like when you first started playing live, I guess the Toronto Pop Festival sticks out in mind because we had never done. That was the very first one there. And I, I believe they said there was something like 50,000 people. And we had never done a show that big. And uh, we walked into the dressing room, and there was uh, Chuck Berry and uh, I'm trying to think. I can't remember. Anyways, there was guys that we had kind of looked up to and been listening to our whole lives. They're in the dressing room jamming. And we're like going, oh man, <laughs> you know. Cool. And so it was, a kind of, it was kind of a nervous sort of deal, you know. And uh, and then of course it rained and everything out there just to make everything worse than what it was, uh, but once we got through that, I think that sort of cured me. Anyways, after that I was uh, the nervousness sort of went away. You know, I mean you get a little nervous. I don't care who you are before you go on stage uh, when there's a lot of people, you get nervous. It's just. I think that just happens to most people. Yeah. But, you know, it's usually gone within the first half of the tune, and then you're like, and then everything's fine, and you just let it go from there, you know? Is there any other big concerts in the era that you guys played that stand out right now? Oh, we did a uh, one that I remember. It doesn't probably, I don't know if it stands out to the public so much, but there was, at the same time, uh, we were up in uh, uh, Vancouver, and we were supposed to be doing a thing up there where we Alice Cooper was on it. The telephone is ringing. You got me on the run. I'm driving in my And they were just starting out. We were on, I think, our first tour. And uh, it got all messed up up there. Nobody got paid and this and that. Alice went on. Uh, we went on. We didn't get paid or anything. 
neither did he. And, and so anyways, we, uh, we came down and we did a, I think it was called a, the Blue, uh, Blue Sky, Blue Sky uh, Festival. Really enjoying the process picks for the new building, 45th Parallel Distilleries is building to feature cocktails, pizzas, fish fry Fridays, weddings, company parties, and hopefully live and local music. 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel Distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy, slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 45thparalleldistillery.com for hours and more information. So you're looking for a quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians live, try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. Something in Washington. And it was, it was a big festival. And that one stands out because we had a chance to go over to New York to do, um, what am I trying to say? The big one that was over there. Woodstock? Woodstock. Okay, but we were on the West Coast. And it was like we could go over to the East Coast, but we thought, well, how would, you know, there's no way by the time we get over there, we're going to be dead. and This just ain't going to work. It's too far to, to try and cover it. Uh, so we took this one instead. So it was a great, it was a great festival and stuff, and, and beautiful weather and lots of people. But you always think in the back of your mind, what if we had done the other? <laughs> oh. But you know, it was one of those decisions we had to make, and and it was just like I said, I don't know how we if if we could have flown. That would have been great, but we didn't have the money for doing things like that back then. You know, we were too small yet. That was our first tour. So, what was life like on the road touring in Crow? Busy. I mean, we were you traveling in a van, or how would you guys? Um, how would you guys no, travel? Bus? Uh, we had a station wagon, and then we had a truck with our gear. Uh, before that, we did. Yeah, we had vans. We had two vans. We had one that carried all the gear and we had one that carried the guys in the band and then we went to a station wagon thing for the guys in the band and uh you know and and we were basically it was the typical you play one night and you hop back in and you do your three four five hundred miles and get back out and clean up in a room and do one there and you know i mean we worked one year we worked something like 300 and uh 340 some 335 jobs in a year <laughs> how did you guys keep from not killing each other well we were too tired <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was you know we were just on the go we did double jobs some days two jobs in one day and and i mean because we weren't we weren't really working a lot of times we weren't working four sets or anything you know we were, although i remember being in chicago and doing five and six sets where at? In downtown, in Chicago, an old town area and stuff. So the Crow would be five, six sets? Beaver Street area and stuff. Like that. yep, yep. That's a lot of, what would you be we playing? Start, we started at like 11 o'clock at night and get done at 5 in the morning. Would you 
redo your set? Oh, re, would you yeah, like kind of redo your show a number of times? Yeah, we, yeah, we did. Well, we redid songs. We didn't redo whole sets, but we redid, we redid songs. But then there was, you know, there was a lot going on in Chicago at that point. Uh, Buddy Miles would come into town quite a bit. You know, I always remember Buddy, every time he'd be in town and he'd play some place, he'd come over to where we were at and he'd sit in and, and sit in for an hour with us, with those guys. And I didn't have to sing or nothing. I got like a whole set off. <laughs> so I loved it, you know. Yeah, Buddy was a good guy. <laughs> wow. And, he, and he'd come and he'd just do a phenomenal job, you know, and, and uh, it, was, it was great. But there was a lot of people coming through Chicago at that point and stuff. That was back in the, there was a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it was, it was a very busy time. It was, uh, um, you didn't have time. It seems like you didn't, just didn't have time for anything. You know, it, it, was, it was really hectic. And so the record label would book you and all this stuff? Mm. No, we had a separate agent. A booking agent? Yeah, and, and the agent would work with the label to a certain degree because you'd be promoting. And would you, you sell know. records at these concerts then? No. No, they I would never buy did. them at the stores and stuff yeah. like that. Yep, they were just stores. Yeah. Do you guys have any old crow merch like T-shirts or hats or stickers or something? I don't. I I don't. No one, Larry. He probably does, but I don't have any of that stuff anymore. Wow. What ultimately had you leaving Crow? Well, uh, I left Crow because we had a manager that was doing it to us. Yeah. They were walking off with a lot of our money, and uh, our taxes weren't getting paid. And, hey. and yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on, uh, some dirty dealing, and pretty much took us for all of our writers' royalties and things like that, and, and uh, did a lot of damage to us. And I got, I got wind of it. I got wise to it faster than other people through an agent that we had, and um, stuff. And I told the other guys, I'm. I won't. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going out and killing yourself, and we're not making any money. We're not, you know, money's going in the wrong direction. We got a manager driving new cars all of the time, and look what we're driving, you know. And so, anyways, uh, I left, and then uh, I got. I lined up a singer that uh, Mickey Stanholm uh, that I knew, and I, you know, and the, and the guys knew him too. And I says, you know, he'd do a good job for you. And uh, they played out the rest of the dates with Crow. I, there was a few months left of some stuff, and then they, that was, you know, kind of the end of things. The manager that was taking us for everything, he moved out to L.A. and eventually committed suicide, hung himself. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, what goes around comes around, I guess. I heard that. <laughs> so what's some of the musical projects you've been a part of since leaving Crow? Ah, uh, you know, I, I never really, I mean, I left Crow and then I did Whiskey River for, uh, well, I did a, I did a little bit of country thing. I, I did a club gig and uh, like an R&B club gig for, for a while. And I bought a place up in Northern Minnesota and moved up there and I did a little country sort of thing, uh, just a two, three piece deal and messed around. Then I had a little country band there. And then I went with Whiskey River and did that for about five years, moved back to the cities. And, and I did that, uh, was on the road with them <laughs> all the time. We was were, that your day gig too, working with them? Yeah. That's the only job I did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was, I would be with those guys. Uh, 
I mean, we'd be gone two to three months and come home and wash clothes and say hi and goodbye. I mean, we were on the road constantly. We just more than I was ever on the road with Crow. That's how much I was on the road with Whiskey River. <laughs> wow. It was insane. <laughs> so when did you decide to join back up with Crow? Uh, right after that, it, when I decided I did, uh, I recorded one album on my own, two on my own. And anyways, after I, I, we, uh, I released that one, uh, which was only released in a local deal. It never really did very much. It was all original stuff. But um, about that time, I kind of thought, mm, you know, um, I think I'm going to do the crow thing again because everybody kept saying, why don't you do that, you know. So I got got some of the guys together, and we started doing that. And we had some different people here and there come in and out and this and that. And, and uh, then towards the end, I just started with Larry and Kink and, we just started doing that. Now, the last two years, I think I believe about two years now, we've been. I added three horns and a couple. Uh, Chico, who was uh, did percussion for us in the studio all the time back then, and he was our road manager. So now he's with us. And uh, then I do. Uh, then I've always got two and sometimes three backup singers. And so we, we go out as eleven piece band now. Six shows coming up this week, some double headers in different states in one day, but I have the confidence no matter what the weather brings, I'll get there safely and hopefully on time in my black Jeep Cherokee again from ID Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. When 250,000 miles in my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take, I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the staff could have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northbridge Court Northwest, Pine City, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today and enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. Yeah, and, and, and it's a lot of fun. We enjoy it because we do... Uh, we're doing, we do, of course, some original stuff, uh, probably about half original, and the other half is like uh, older R&B stuff, you know. So we got the horns to do it all and, and all that stuff, so it's, it's a lot of fun. It's cool. And the drummer that's with me, Norm Steffen, uh, he was with me with Whiskey River, and uh, he was actually in Whiskey River before I was, and then and that's how we met, and when Whiskey River broke up, he kind of did a few things, and I did, and then all of a sudden, I call him up and say, hey, you want to play drums for Crow? And he's been, we've been together now for, must be, I don't know, 25 to 30 years or so. How does he handle the Cottage Cheese song? He does it good, he, he, but he doesn't like doing drum solos. He does them, but he doesn't like do. it. But otherwise, he, I mean, he does, he does, them, yeah. does it fine, you know. Interesting. So... Can you tell me about the song, Evil Woman? How that song came to be? It, it came to be, you know, so many people thought that, that yeah, it was some sort of a 
personal experience thing in all of this. And it was really, and I won't mention names, but it was really about, I knew somebody else that kind of was going through part of that. And then the rest of it was a little bit of imagination along with it and this and that. And just, that's pretty much what it was. It wasn't like, uh, oh, this is my lifelong story or something. You know, I mean, it, 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 it wasn't what people thought it was. So did you write the lyrics? Yeah. And then Dick and Larry wrote the music. I had I kind of had the music in my head, but I, but Dick and Larry were the musicians, not me. So they're the ones that put together the music. Do you remember tracking the song? I pff, vaguely, you know. I I can't. I think we that was the yeah the first album, yeah, and um, and I immediately said I think that's the single, and the record label said no, that's not the single. Not that one. We can't have that one. It's uh. And they put out, I believe, Time to Make a Turn. I love that song, too. Okay, which I, I still do that one now because we have horns and stuff. But Time to Make a Turn... I said, okay, it's it's a good song, but I don't think it's gonna go. It's gonna do that much, and it and it didn't. It went up uh, around, I think, the someplace 40s or something like that, third low 30s, and then they flip, Everybody flipped it over and started playing "A Woman," and that went up. Depending on which one you like, Billboard I think was at uh, 14, and Record World was at number seven. So it depended on who you're listening to, but you know, I mean, as far as magazine, you know, stuff. So you had a literally a hit record. I'd been here at the Eagle Lounge, and we'll play it on the jukebox, and yeah. and there was not much monetary. You didn't get paid for that much. Uh, no, no, we got we got took out of all of our all our royalties for that. In fact, Larry just got a lot of that stuff straightened around now to where we are getting our stuff but the only thing up for years the only thing we ever got was our BMI stuff uh, but as far as our regular uh, our regular royalties record royalties all that stuff we never got any of that okay we got took for most of it even <laughs> now like best of curl that does not go to you uh, yeah now we do we got it he's got it it's straightened out but of course now you don't have I mean, if we would have had that back then. Yeah, that would have made some money. <laughs> yeah, we'd have made some money then. Well, I've been downloading your stuff so that I could might as well just hand you two dollars, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> Another ten bucks goes whatever, twenty bucks goes the wherever it goes on the iTunes gimmick, you know. But you know, a lot of people got it, it wasn't just us. I mean, so many people got messed up on on the royalty thing and stuff. It, you know, going way back into the fifties and and stuff. Little Richard, I think, said he finally, a few years before he's finally gone, he got it straightened around and started getting royalties. You know, got his, he got, and he got back paid for a lot of stuff. You know. Do you remember the first time you heard Evil Woman on the radio? Vaguely, but yeah, I, I remember that one. Well, I don't know if it was Evil Woman so much as I just remember... Um, the first time we heard us on the radio, 
whatever song it was, you know, we're all going, wow, listen to that, hey, we're on the radio, you know, and, and I remember, yeah, uh, being really excited about the fact that we're on the radio, you know, man, I'm not really sure whether that was even one, it, was, it probably was some other tune, I don't know, you know, we had a few out before that that were, were a little more regional, you know. Did you get any TV opportunities playing that song? We did, uh, we did some, although I can't, um, again, I don't remember which ones we did. Um, I know that uh, we didn't do the Dick Clark show because of the lyrics to that one. I think that was that was a problem with Dick Clark was the the childy boy lyric and all that. Stuff. Yeah, at that time, <laughs> which was it was a problem for an LA radio station too. Um, the owner of the station was going through something like that, I guess, and he wouldn't play it, and that would have been. That would have put us over the heap in million seller, yeah. <laughs> and he wouldn't play it. Uh, it was it was kind of funny. And Bo- I think it was Boston or Baltimore, one of the two. Uh, they banned it. They banned it on a radio station there. But it was like number one in New York for I think three weeks. <laughs> well, you got the branding worked. It fit your guys' outlaw biker image. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of funny, you know, but and you think, well, they banned that. Listen to the lyrics now. I mean, listen to the stuff they put on the radio now. I'm, that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Do audiences still respond? That's Is that the main song they want to hear when they come hear Crow? You Probably. Think? Yeah, I would say that one, Cottage Cheese, and Gone, Gone, Gone. I'd say are the three that that seem to be the ones that people want to hear the most. Not take a turn from you, baby. No, really. No, that's In probably fact, my favorite one. I didn't do that for a long time, even. And then we got the horn players and stuff, and I said, okay, well, you know, why not? Let's go ahead and do this one. I want to tell you about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B. And Dale's motto is, a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is the truth. The food at T-Birds Cafe and Takeaway is always out of this world. Great to see Macklemore Corey, Gregory, White Iversall, Tommy Lee, and many more of my B-Dale friends rocking out at the show on Thursday. Rob, Natalie, Shelley, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail artists. I've been told that we've been talked about on these podcasts. Dad's the Wallard's Woodhill Cocktails, our Sun Unlock Hot Cakes, karaoke, live music, pool table, pull tabs, bingo nights, botch bell tournaments, and much, much more. B. Dale's got it all. Stop by for cold one soon. And so now we do it, and I don't do it all the time. I, I kind of, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I was thinking about covering that one. That's a good song. Yeah. Who's some of your, what's some of your other favorite Crow standards to perform still? Uh, I still do Slow Down. I like Slow Down a lot. I like that one, too. It's probably one of the favorite ones. Yeah. That one I I do all the time. Um, Oh, gosh. what uh, King of Rock and Roll. I do that all the time. Uh, don't try to land a boogie boogie on the king of rock and roll. Yep. Yeah, and um, I'm still doing that one. Uh, 
there's uh, the rest of my sort of bounced around with. Last year we did uh, Easy Street. We snuck that one in. For a while I was doing Watch That Cat. For um, There's been here, like I say, here and there. Uh, uh, and then I've got a couple that uh, were not, they were t- meant to be on the next album, which was not released. And I, so I do a couple that are from that. Mobile Blues is one of them that I do that never, uh, I, it was actually on my solo album, but it was a little different version than the one that I do now. And uh, I still like to do that one. How did Black Sabbath get a hold of Evil Woman and do you like their cover of it? It's funny. I was just uh, asked that by a guy. Uh, they just they just did a Black Sabbath sort of thing, uh, some big write up on on that. <clears throat> Excuse me. A- anyways, in in he, I talked to him on the phone and stuff, and and uh, I mean Black Sabbath got it just off of they were playing it in Europe. Uh, they were playing Evil Woman in in England, Europe, and that's where they got it from. And uh, I had ne- I didn't hear it when it because it was only on the when they did that at first it was only on an English released album it was never released over here and so it was much later that I heard it and I, I didn't like it I thought it was a little too slow I didn't like the way that Ozzy Ozzy messed up the lyrics on it um, and I, so I. I I didn't like that part, and I didn't like the part that, uh, uh, and which was not Ozzy's fault or, or their fault. This would have been their record label, but they put uh, they didn't even put the correct. Uh, they put Larry Wiegand down as a writer, and and I think it was L. Wiegand. I don't think they didn't put Dick or me down. Uh, they didn't. So they didn't even have the writers correct on the uh, on the album, you know. And I just thought. <laughs> that's the shits, man. Yeah. That's too bad. You know, but uh, no, I, I just, uh, you know, and, and the guy, you know, he was one of these guys that was, he's like, like he was a big fan of, of Black Sabbath. And so he didn't like the fact that, that I was going, well, no, I didn't really care for it. But it was true. I, I, I thought that it was a little too slow. And uh, my, the version that, that I did like was uh, Ike and Tina Turner did it. And all she did was just change the, change the lyric a little bit to fit her. Um, but I liked that version, which was a lot like ours, basically. I mean, it, 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 maybe not quite as heavy, but it was, you know, had the horns and the, and the whole review thing and stuff. And I liked the way they did it. That's awesome. Well, David Wagner, thank you as much for being on the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. It's been great to talk to you and get uh, to know you a little bit. So how do people keep up with you if they want to come see you play live nowadays? Um, we have, we've got uh, um, uh, a website and uh, Crow the Band, or the Band Crow, I should say, uh, website they can, that if we're doing anything, it's down. Of course, with all of this other stuff, it's, 
everything's canceled. The only thing I know up uh, for sure is that we're going to be uh, at the Deadwood Jam in Deadwood, South Dakota, in, uh, September 18th. And that's the only thing for positive that we've got right now. Oh, criminy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... Thank you, virus. Jeepers. <laughs> Well, Dave, thanks for being on the show. We're going to give my dad a call over at Regents Hospital real quick. Say hi to him while he's getting, he's getting good. better. And have a great show. Thanks, David. Appreciate well, it. Well, thank you, Mark. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times and the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the B-Dale Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.